Welcome to the REL Talk Show, where we get up close with some of the greatest business minds in APAC as they answer 10 questions about marketing, business, leadership, and management. Discover how current trends combine with timeless marketing principles for undisputed business success and become a marketing leader to go beyond your farthest ambitions. So get ready for some real talk with leaders in 10 questions with your host, Vineet Rajan. Hi, I'm Vineet. Our guest today has been conferred with the CMO Super 30 Honor in 2019 by the Internet and Mobile Marketing Association of India and has won numerous awards at IDMA, DMAI Echo and also won the Brand Equity Shark Award for his work. We have with us Pulak Sarma, who has been in the space of advertising and marketing for over 15 years. Starting off as a brand manager for Kotak Life Insurance, he moved to become a core member of the corporate brand team at Kotak Bank and was responsible for multiple high decibel brand campaigns like Kotak Jiffy and KPA. In 2014, he took a break from corporate life to work on one of his entrepreneurial dreams called Not Just Momos. But in 2016, saw Pulak coming back to the corporate world as the head of marketing and founding member at Kotak General Insurance. An alumnus of Xavier Institute of Communications, XIC, in Mumbai, he's a speaker, panelist, and a jury member at prominent industry events. Welcome to the show, Pulak. Very excited, very happy to have you. It's going to be a very engaging conversation. You've done so much in your career. Once again, welcome, Pulak. Welcome to the Rel Talk Show. Thank you, Vineet. Real pleasure to connect with you again after so many years. Let's dive in, Pulak. Tell us about Pulak as a marketing professional. Pulak as a marketing professional uh, is, is a thinker, uh, likes to keep it really uh, simple. So one thing as a marketer I have always believed in is simplicity and having absolute clarity of purpose because I guess that is where it all starts from. You know, the objective as we define it in our marketing or communication. It is such a simple word yet so powerful. Also, another kind of secret sauce uh, that I believe in is you know, knowing your audience. So as a marketer, I'd like to know my audience, know my business. You marry the two and that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Very, very succinctly put, Pulak. I think there's a lot for us to also take in from there. If somebody listening to the show right now, Pulak, had to get where you are right now, what are the things that they need to be doing, one? And could you also talk about some of the opportunities you got in your very long career in marketing? Which you were able to capitalize on. I would, I would rather uh, narrate my story and how I got here, and probably uh, that would throw some insights into the journey and also talk about some of the turning points over the years and the opportunities that I got over the years. So I grew up in a typical middle class household. Most of us grew up in in the eighties, and my dad was working in a government job, so that was. That was our only definition of or our understanding of a job, right? A government job. So uh, you, you were like destined to uh, complete your education and then apply for a government job. But given my liking for outdoors, organizing, strategizing, and things like that, I always uh, wanted to join the army. And eventually, I prepared to join the army as well. However, it did not work out 
finally. So I, I kind of uh, took a break from that and worked at a BPO for about one and a half years trying to figure out what to do next and should I take up my postgrad and things like that. And that's when actually the advertising and marketing bug bit me. And I was really fascinated by reading about campaigns and the thought process that uh, went behind them. So that that was the starting point. After some time spent on research and saving some money, I finally landed at XIC Mumbai. And that's where my advertising and marketing story starts. Post XIC, I entered the amazing world of Ogilvy and Maple. I call it the biggest uh, creative powerhouse or factory that you could think of. So for me, as a small town boy from Assam, even crossing Yush Pandey's cabin would make me tremble. So it is. it was a dream come moment for me, dream come true moment for me, whenever he was in front of me. After that, I joined Kota. Kota used to be a client, not such a big brand then compared to what it is today. But I had great respect for people there and their intellect and their way of thinking really fascinated me. But when I got the first opportunity, I moved to Kotak. So here I am, 14 years and running at Kotak. I've been extremely lucky at Kotak to get multiple opportunities to try my hands on and have worked with great bosses who continue to kind of inspire me. So if you ask me, uh, what has uh, worked for me is uh, that point in time, I had uh, absolute clarity and focus of where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in advertising and marketing. And that is what kind of got me here. So having, as I said before, clarity of purpose is extremely important. And another thing that has really worked for me, uh, while a lot of people do not believe in it, is the long-term stint that I have had at Kotal uh, It's about 14, 15 years now, and I've got the option to work at the, in the life insurance business in the bank and finding general insurance. So as you know, the saying goes, good things happen to people who wait. So I think that is what has uh, happened to me and I've got extremely lucky. So yeah, stability also is a very important factor if you, if you really want to be where you want to be. So I think that's my two bits. That also comes from a place of experience, Pilar. For you, when I see that you also had an entrepreneurial stint in between, and I'm sure there is a lot you would have learned there as well. So I think it was being at Kotak and seeing a lot of entrepreneurs within the Kotak ecosystem was also eventually bit by the entrepreneurial bug. I always wanted to do something around my love for food, which was the longest running love affair that I ever had. But then I turned out to be a very terrible entrepreneur. Nevertheless, I kind of learned about myself from that experience. So one of the things that often is neglected and my biggest learning from, from the entrepreneurial stint that I had is having the right mindset. You know, it is a completely different ballgame. And I'm sure being an entrepreneur yourself, you can also identify with it. I would say more than money, uh, the funding part, advice, the most important factor is mindset. You have to train your mind to stick it out no matter what. You have to stick it out for at least three or five year period to kind of make that mark or, or reach your break even or reach the point of success. Some may taste it early and some may taste it late, but one rule, stick it out. Secondly, another big learning for me was that I did not have a co-founder. So you look for a co-founder or a group of co-founders 
not only they pool in the money required, but they also you know, kind of act like a bouncing board. You cannot talk about your ideas, your vision, how do you plan to take the project forward with, with the employees that you are working with, being a, being a small, very small micro startup. You do not get that kind of talent. So having a co-founder or a group of co-founders is extremely important. So I think that these were my two biggest learning experiences. I'm trying to connect the dots from your entrepreneurial venture to where you mentioned that it's important to be enterprising. With Kotak General Insurance, you also were part of a very new division within the Kotak family. And would it be right to say that this is also in a way an entrepreneurial stint and goes back to your initial thought about working in a large organization where there is stability? Correct. Absolutely. I think, uh, and, and that has been one of the things that also kept me going. You know, I, I keep on talking about this. So the last 15 years of my career, right? So the journey before, before the entrepreneurial stint happened, when I was at the bank, which is much more stable as a organization, I had huge budgets to play. I would easily have a budget of 50 to 60 crores of spends throughout the year. But when I came to put a general insurance, having done the strategizing part and execution part at the bank, when I came back to put a general insurance, it was as basic as you drafting the letter to your policyholders. But then, you know, there was a different kind of joy because you could actually see a lot of things that you produce being in the company uh, for a very, very long time. So the joy of producing something, creating something was, was completely unique and as you rightly mentioned yeah of course it was it was like a startup it is still a startup within the product ecosystem we are just about five years old so i think a long way to go there and in your career Pulak, you've won a lot of awards which which of these awards do you hold closest dearest to you and if it was for a particular marketing campaign that you did walk us through that campaign well i won't say many awards but maybe uh, we won a few and so like your first girlfriend, your first award is always special. So, so same here. I think the first award that we won IDM back in 2019. And uh, I'm especially proud of the work more than the award for, for which we won the award, right? And it was, and it still is a very unique position in the entire uh, insurance industry and uh, something that uh, nobody had actually done before. Uh, which makes us extremely uh, proud of that campaign. So we, we call the campaign Drive Like a Lady. So typically in the insurance context, uh, you will see a lot of communication which uh, hinges around or centers around uh, male audiences. But this was one campaign which uh, took up a very deep-rooted societal bias that our women's face on the road. And it's a perfect connect with our category backed by data. So... We realized our internal data was pointing to the fact that when it comes to car insurance claims, women tend to be a lot safer. Women tend to claim a lot lesser. Their claims experience is better than male drivers. That was kind of a, a wonderful piece of uh, data bite, which kind of translated into the insight that, you know, if a, a female can do a lot of things with empathy, with love, with care, with respect for her surroundings, then why can't she drive safe? And we kind of took a very positive spin on that because 
as we are all aware, right? Indian in Indian roads, we see a lot of stereotyping that happens. Things like remarks like "ye auntie chalari" and "oh, look at how she is driving." Things like that, and then we kind of turn that proposition into a very positive uh, statement by saying "drive like a lady," which means drive safe, drive as drive with care, drive with empathy, and even the execution of the campaign was kind of exceptional i would say because rather than going for uh, celebrity influencers we chose three real life influencers who were professional drivers in their space who, whose driving abilities you cannot uh, ever question so in that respect we hit upon a, a very interesting proposition and we kind of went all out there talking about it and i think that's that's where uh, the magic happened and, Won a lot of awards in that, and and we continue to win a lot of awards in that space as we continue to build the platform and make it bigger. Such a insight that you were able to kind of derive from the data, just of your con- consumers, Pulak, that you were able to tilt it into an award-winning campaign. Fabulous, simply fabulous. Thank you very much. In a category like insurance, what do you think are the differentiators that one can play with? because when you look at insurance as a business you imagine the sales people taking you through some jargon and lingo that you might not understand there are always loopholes that as a customer you expect those but for a brand how do you differentiate here from the others in terms of differentiation i think service can become a very very big uh, differentiation and disrupt in this space a lot of things are happening in this space a lot of uh, digital adoption is happening i think that's where that's where a lot of traction is likely because ultimately it is the delivery of the product it's not a physical product that you can touch see smell right so uh, the only moment of truth is uh, when the product is delivered and when you claim so in terms of uh, product delivery being seamless through digital channels can be is is becoming a big differentiator claims experience of course if the entire claims chain uh, moves online right right from inspection settlement everything happening online a lot of brands have started doing that that's going to be a, a differentiator i think one aspect with the which the industry is not very much renowned for is consistency in communication you would not see a lot of insurance communication right that is where uh that is where i think there is there's a lot of uh, meat so you have to be consistent in terms of your communication and the brand promise or proposition that you bring forward to your uh, audience or customers yeah, so i think these are some of the things in fact the industry has also come together to uh, create campaigns for awareness similar to what the mutual fund industry has done with the mutual fund sahi hai campaign so i think things are moving in that direction and with covid coming in the rate of acceleration will be far higher and adoption will be far higher so today it, we are witnessing that it is far easy to convert fencers who were who were not very keen on buying insurance whether it life or uh, health insurance uh, health insurance specifically is taking off really well post the pandemic and it's kind of obvious right what are the reasons uh, pushing that So I think we are moving in a very positive space. Dear listeners, we'd like to take a minute to put in a word from our partner and podcast host, Hubhopper. Hubhopper Studio is India's leading podcast creation platform. You can start podcasting with Hubhopper Studio 
and get your voice heard across platforms like Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts, Wink Music, and more. So click on the link in the episode description or visit www.hubhopperstudio.com. While you mentioned the pandemic, I'm thinking right now, because you're able to convert the fence sitters into customers, the buying cycle or the duration would have also become very short because of the pandemic. I'm sure that would have created other challenges or opportunities for a marketer. Could you walk us through that in the last one year, how your marketing has evolved to really keep pace with this demand that the consumers are creating right now? Oh, Vinit, I would say uh, the cycle has dramatically uh, been shortened so that there is a there is a thirty uh, day to forty day cycle for a product like a health insurance, right? So that has not uh, shortened much. I would say what has happened is the pitch process has become easier, right? There are more takers for the health insurance story and why you should be buying one than there were before the pandemic. And one thing which has really helped in this regard is channels quickly moving to the digital space, right? So remote selling is going to be very, very big in this industry. So a lot of brands have moved in that space where the end-to-end pitching of the product to submission of forms and then finally getting a policy is all going to be uh, seamlessly in one platform. So I think uh, that is one of the biggest shifts that we are seeing. And would have considerably reduced the amount of paperwork for customers also signing up. And it's a far more simpler process. So pandemic in a way has led to this digital transformation in the insurance business on the whole. Absolutely. So insurance as an industry has been notorious uh, for being a paper heavy kind of industry. So a lot of movement uh, started happening in that digitization of processes, it's not that these things did not exist, but what COVID did is it kind of accelerated. So when offices were closed, you didn't have any other option but to go completely digital, right? Go completely remote. So yeah, that has what has happened. It has accelerated the rate of digital adoption. So look, you've had the fortune of being mentored by some of the greatest marketing minds or business minds out there. Tell us about some of those mentors and what kind of advice they gave you, which you still carry with you. Well, it's extremely difficult and unfair to take just a couple of names. I really have a, a long list there, so please uh, bear with me. I consider myself extremely lucky in this context. And uh, it is only the mentors and people that I have worked with have shaped me into being what I am today and where I have. I've always had this opportunity to work with exceptionally inspirational bosses throughout my career span. And yeah, it's been quite an honor. Some have inspired me by their hard work. Some have inspired me by their sheer focus or flair of simplifying things, understanding of business. So different people at different uh, points in time in my career, right? So for example, when I was with Ogilvy, Hitesh Patel was my mentor there and one thing that he ingrained me was the rigor of the process. Today I am uh, very proud to say that I understand the nitty-gritty of advertising, even uh, the smallest detail, operational detail that is required, 
or technical details that are required uh, as part of the job. So Ritesh was uh, very particular about, you know, uh, putting you into that rigor. So I still carry uh, carry that. I've been exceptionally inspired by Rahul Sinha, uh, Karthi Martian, Elizabeth, uh, who are who are great marketing minds in their own uh, space. And what I've learned from these people, uh, these mentors, is how easily they are able to simplify things. When you go with them with a lot of complex thought process, they can simply distinguish the milk from the water. So simplicity of purpose is what I carry. That's, as I mentioned, learned it from uh, people like uh, Rahul Sina, Karthi Marshall, Elizabeth Pantakaraman. Jasneet Bachal, I worked for quite a bit of time and she is she's one a leader who's kind of, you know, taught me uh, how to really not give up and to push things uh, to their logical conclusion. I've been extremely lucky to work with Mahesh Bala, who's my CEO currently, and his understanding of business and consumer is exceptional. And it is very important in marketing to understand uh, the business aspect as well. Where is the money coming from? Right? So I think as a whole, all of these individuals have shaped me up uh, in in being what I am today. In your marketing career, you would have come across a lot of brands, not just the ones that you were custodian of, but also others. Could you name some brands which you think got their marketing right? So I think Favicol is uh, one one brand that you always kind of top my list, not because I come from Ogilvy and that's where the brand Favicol was nurtured, but we all grew up reading about Favicol, right? We all grew up uh, watching Favicol ads. And later on, these became case studies in RB schools or communication schools. So imagine how can an industrial glue become such a big household name? How everyone could relate to uh, I would say a non-aspirational small town slice of life communication. I think it is simply fabulous. And I think the best part which has worked for Fabricol over the years is their consistency in communication. So the next brand on my uh, list would be Indigo Airlines. Very unlikely name probably uh, when it comes to uh, a lot of brands being there out in the market. Right? But I have been fascinated by this brand. If you look at it closely, it's a classic piece of marketing. They have ticked every box uh, that is kind of relevant to marketing. The brand was built on the promise of service. And if you look at every element or every touch point, it reinforces that thought. I just can't stop admiring them. Just listen to their announcement or look at their food packaging. Their choice of the airline code they decided to go for, which is 6E. Everything is so thought through and it, I think adds a lot to the individual brand promise. So I think that's that's the second brand that I could probably think of. And given the topicality, I think we can't stop thinking about what Cred uh, has been up to very recently. They've been off late hitting all the balls for success out of the park and the recent one with uh, Rahul Dravi kind of tops the list completely. So I think they're also on a, Fred is also on a path to kind of uh, build build a great uh, brand out there. So I think uh, I would say these would be my top three 
uh, brands that have been on my mind. Very well put, Pulak. In fact, Fevicol has some of the most iconic ads out there and the consistency of communication has been there throughout. I think they have never once let go of that. Similarly, I think Indigo, when the 6E, I think, was the kind of character they were trying to build. In fact, they always spoke about the Indigo standard time instead of an IST. Small things which kind of went a long way in solidifying a positioning for the consumers. Their brand positioning was so strong. However, the cred example that you gave, Pulak, do you feel in your experience that they have been consistent in their communication in any way? Because I see that as a great advertisement with Indranagar Ka Gunda. But this is vastly different from what they've done in the past. Yes and no. I would view it from the lens of the objective again. And I think right now uh, uh, the biggest objective or the only objective they have is to gain that visibility in terms of mind share and drive a lot of downloads. So to be able to do that, uh, the kind of route that they have chosen, which is completely, uh, I would say, something which is very differentiating, right? You can't help but notice the ads. If you look at their previous set of ads also, it was so all of these ads that they have been doing are are quite loud, and I think that's that's what the game is for them right? to, to create that disproportionate visibility in a, a cluttered market. And they seem to have nailed it bang on with this shock advertising that they have done. And the marketing objective was very clear: we need to drive downloads, we need to drive brand visibility. Absolutely. And while the advertising that they have done is working towards driving downloads, as rightly called it the uh, shock advertising kind of approach that they have taken, uh, which is quite loud as well. If you look at the uh, other touch points of the brand, for example, uh, the Thread app, right? It's a classic app. It's it's very classy. It, uh, look at the UI UX that they have built. So that is working towards uh, building that credibility, trust, and that tech differentiation for them. Yeah. And again, an example of product also turning into a marketing engine. So a lot, yeah, of, very right. lot of good work being done by Cred on that front. So look, as a marketing leader, walk us through your management style and what has kind of worked for you in managing teams wherever you've gone. I think all that we do or all that we achieve is because of the right set of people that we work with, right? So... When it comes to my management style, I would say I have a mix of both uh, micro and uh, macro approach. Largely macro, when uh, where I allow the individual uh, free hand to uh, try out a lot of things uh, and a slight nudge here and there, uh, and also you know kind of uh, pull up my sleeves and. Uh, dig into the dirt when it is required to do so. So that way, uh, what happens is the team also feels that, yeah, you are around while allowing that freedom to uh, do things on their own. And I think that is where the sense of freedom that we are able to inculcate as a leader is where the team also goes beyond their calling and puts in that extra effort that separates good work from great work. Absolutely, yeah. This has been one of those interviews where I might have exceeded those 10 questions, which I promise our listeners that it's going to be only 10 questions. We have done more than 10. But I don't think I can let you go off 
without that last question, which is the real talk question. What is that one piece of advice you would want to leave our listeners with? Well, I'm not sure I'm qualified enough for that, but uh, nevertheless, my two cents. So what is the biggest quality that one can produce as a marketer? I feel it is definitely understanding of the uh, consumer and very detailed understanding of your business. So that has kind of worked for me. I think as a marketer, as a communications professional, keeping your eyes and ears close to the ground, definitely one of the most important tick boxes. The second, which we spoke about earlier as well, is to have that absolute clarity of purpose. So define your objective as sharply as you can. So I think uh, marrying these two points is where uh, all the magic will happen. Going back to basics. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Pulak. This has been a super amazing conversation with you. Like I said, one of the few episodes where we will be exceeding the 10 questions, but rightfully so. So much insight, so much of learning for all of us, including me. Thanks a lot, Pulak. Thank you, Vinnit. It has been a pleasure interacting with you. I think in asking the right questions as well. And uh, more importantly, I've enjoyed the inter- interaction and I hope uh, our uh, listeners will also uh, will enjoy and take something out of it. Thank you very much. Most definitely. Thanks a lot. Do you like this episode of The Rel Talk Show? Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you think this podcast would help someone else, do share. Your support will take us a long way in reaching more listeners. You can also stay in touch by subscribing to email alerts on www.reltalk.show.